Welcome to The Accelerators. Here for you are a series of tried and tested and proven real world ideas to help you create and enjoy a business and a life of choice. The Accelerators, because success loves speed. And now we come to the guest interview of the month. And this month sees the first part of a two-part interview I carried out with Craig Garber, known as the King of Copy. If you asked Gary Halbert, the world's greatest living copywriter, if there was another copywriter out there who writes as well as he does, he'd say, no, but there's someone I know who actually has more natural direct response writing talent than I do, and his name is Craig Garber. Craig is one of the top, if not the top, direct response copywriter and marketing consultant in America. I can personally vouch for that because Craig's done some work for me and I can't speak highly enough about the results. Craig lives in Tampa, Florida with his wife who's originally from Bedfordshire and their three children. Let me give you some background information on Craig. He grew up in New York City and even though he went to the school of hard knocks as they say, he always had an entrepreneurial spirit. He fell into direct response marketing when his financial planning practice started going downhill. After 12 months when all Craig did was eat, drink and sleep direct response marketing, he turned his business completely around in the following six months and made a ton of cash along the way. After this, he spent six months working directly for Gary Halbert. He's now one of the most sought-after copywriters around. So without any further ado, let's see if we can get Craig to spill the beans on some of his secrets about how you and I can get more response from all of our direct marketing activities. So let's go to the interview now. Well, hello there, Craig Garber and Craig. Welcome to the Achievers Edge, and thanks very much indeed for agreeing to spare so much time with us and share so many of your tried and tested and proven ideas. How's life with you? Peter, life is doing great. It's always good to talk to you. It's always good to talk to anybody that's English. As you know, England's been very, very good to me. My wife's from a little town in Bedfordshire called Dunstable. We just got back from there a couple of weeks ago. As a matter of fact, we had a great time. We toured around the whole country. In fact, I was in your area. I was over in Cambridge, which I found those two areas to be some of the nicest places in the country. Really peaceful, really serene. I was impressed by the amount of sheep you have over there. (laughs) (laughs) We don't don't have too many sheep here in the States. I'm sitting here now in my office overlooking the lake. It's very placid. It's very serene. So life is good, to answer your question. Excellent news. Now, I've got a lot of questions for you, Craig, because I really want to get inside that head of yours and pull out some of the ideas that you've certainly given me in the past that's really helped my website to perform. But let's start with this basic and generic one. Can you tell me a little bit of background on how you got into what I'll call for the moment this business? Okay, that's a good question. And basically, the answer is, the honest answer is I failed myself into it. And I'll explain to you what happened. I was a financial planner, and I owned, after working for a a national company for about four years, I went off on my own, and I started my own practice. And I managed people's money, and I helped with their investments. I had high net worth clients. I sold financial products like annuities and life insurance, and they're similar to, I guess, pension plans and variety of pension plans you probably have over there in the U.K. And one day, the funnel just went dry. And the truth of the matter is the only reason the funnel had not gone dry prior to that was because I'm a persistent guy and I'm hardworking and um, all those things that every other business owner is out there. I was sharp technically. I was hardworking. I was an honest guy. I wasn't the kind of person that ever put profits ahead of doing the right thing for my client. And yet, in spite of all those things, nobody wanted me. I had nobody lined up to see me, which is the exact same comment that every single business owner has at some point in time. I have a wife, 
three children, and all of a sudden, I'm up Shucks Creek because no money's coming in. So on a whim, I grabbed this book I had, a Dan Kennedy book called The Ultimate Sales Letter or The Ultimate Marketing Plan. I don't know which one of those two I read first, and I started reading it. At the same time, I happened to stumble across some direct marketing that was related to selling life insurance. I think it was a, a direct marketing kit or a system. So I bought this system, and I said, gosh, this stuff is intriguing, because what I found was happening was all of this information I was getting was answering questions for me, but I never even knew what the questions were. Outside of, I don't know how to get business, but it all of a sudden started explaining to me how to get business, why people buy, how people buy, what the right way is to position yourself, how to attract clients instead of chasing business down and that was the biggest eye opener for me that you can attract business you know you're always trained as a salesperson regardless of where you work you get a lead and you hang on to that sucker and you chase it down well that's misery for everybody involved and so i spent probably about 2000 hours over the course of a year learning this stuff so which meant i basically had two jobs during the day, I would do my financial planning, and in the evening, I would sit and listen to tapes, write sales copy, and read books. So I virtually went to bed about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning every day for about a year. The good news was I started using this stuff, and lo and behold, it started working. I was running direct response ads, and all of a sudden, people all over the country are buying life insurance from me sight unseen, whereas especially in the life insurance business, you're trained to hound people down, and nobody can tolerate you. Nobody wants to look at you, let alone have a meeting with you. These guys are buying policies from me side unseen around the country. So things were going well. They weren't back to where they were, but I saw that, hey, I can. the future's bright. This stuff actually works. And I'm a big proponent of learning all the time. I'm looking out. I have a gigantic closet, and there's nothing in the closet. I'm looking at it right now but shelves. I have 10 shelves of books, tapes, audio CDs, DVDs, of marketing information, copywriting information, and just self-help stuff. I wouldn't call it self-help. I call it mindset and attitude, just to clear your head and keep your focus. Because, hey, let's face it, life's not easy. And if you're not constantly staying on top of your game in all aspects of your life, it's going to suffer. It's too true. Yeah, it's like playing a sport. If you're not constantly practicing, your game's going to go down. So I'm listening to a tape one day. I think it was a Jeff Paul tape, and he made a comment which really piqued me off. He said, most people set up their personal lives to lead it whatever their business allows them to, meaning whatever time's left over, whatever energy left over, whatever money's left over, you then spend on yourself, your family. And I'm a real family-oriented guy. My wife is my best friend. I'm a lucky guy to be able to say that, and I never saw her. I never saw my kids. I mean, I coached my kids in all sports, and I've always been involved, but you know, the game's over, boom, I'm off to work. Saturday mornings, they're all rolling around and watching cartoons, dad's working. And that sucked, and I didn't like that. So I listened to tape, Jeff said, and it really irritated me because I said, well, how the hell do you think you could just pick up and alter your life so you're, he said, why don't you set your personal life up and decide what you want to do and then work your business around it. And that really bothered me because, like most things that get under your skin, it hooks you. There's a reason why. In this particular case, it hooked me because I wanted to do that and I didn't know how. I'm the kind of guy that doesn't let too much grass grow under his feet before I make decisions. I think things through. I don't make them haphazardly, but I don't sit idle. And I started thinking, 
how can I make this happen? I sure as hell can't make it happen in the financial planning business. So I find out, a very short period of time after I heard that tape, I find out a guy named Gary Halbert lives in Miami, which was 20 miles from where I live. I said, gosh. And at that exact instant, I find out Halbert lives there, who everybody in the world says is the world's greatest living copywriter. He's a guy who I had at that point bought three or four of his courses and tapes and read his book and just devoured everything that I can get my hands on by the guy. And it it was almost a catharsis where I felt I had been living in South Florida for about 14 years at the time. And I said, gosh, now I know why I've been here. I didn't particularly like the place, to be honest with you. It's not the area I wanted to live in. It was a nice place climate-wise, but I didn't particularly like raising my kids there. It was a little rough. And coming from New York City, I spent my whole life, my youth growing up in that environment. It wasn't something I wanted to continue to do. Again, it's about choices. So I find out Halbert lives in there, and, and all of a sudden, it's like, boom, I'm hit Shazam. I said, now I know exactly what I have to do. So I put a business letter together to this guy, Gary Halbert, and it's a 40-page sales letter selling me. And what I'm asking him for, in a nutshell, I'm describing who I am, what I've done, what my experience is, and you know, in a very humble but sincere way, telling him, look... I think I would like to do this, meaning this, meaning direct response marketing and writing sales copy permanently, and I think I'm good at it. And just as a side note, I'm not the kind of guy that just thinks he's good at everything. I'm pretty demanding on myself. But I saw the results, and I knew if I felt I was good at this, then, man, I must be good at this because I'm going to judge me a lot harsher than anybody else is. So I put this 40-page sales letter together to him. I put in an order form. It's like three or four check boxes. It's like, yes, Craig, because the offer was, would you let me buy you a cup of coffee? Would you let me buy you lunch and pick your brain for half an hour? I'll even be happy to pay you for your time. And if you think it's been wasted, I'll pay you $500. Or I think I actually said I'd pay you $1,000 if you think I've wasted your time. I just want to do that because I want to find out if I'm headed in the right direction. Because I was really thinking about my wife and kids. You know, for a single guy to pick up and change and do this and that, not a big deal. But you got a wife and kids, you're thinking, well, you know, i got some responsibility to those guys. I don't want to screw up things for everybody. I want to make sure I'm not going on a wild goose chase here. So the order form said, yes, Craig, I'll be happy to spend a half hour if you just give me a call or, or I'll call you tomorrow or whatever, something like that. The second one is, Craig, you are one of the 50 people this week who have wasted my time. Please go pound sand. <laughs> and the third one was, don't ever bother me again or something like that. You know, check boxes. I had testimonials in there. I put a grabber at the top. I had read in one of his newsletters that he liked Neil Young. So I had a Neil Young bootleg CD that I had burned. I searched all over the Internet for the CD jacket, and I burned the cover everything. A uh, million-dollar bill, a whole nine yards. Put the letter in a FedEx, mail it out, nothing happens. Oh. 30 days later, I find out the address he had listed online in his newsletter wasn't accurate. There was a mistake, you know, some error, but here's the correct address. I said, okay, let me send him the correct address. And he also said, I might have gotten some of the mail you sent there, I might not. So if you're trying to contact me, Halbert was trying to sell something at the time. So put another letter together go out, burn the CD again, put the million-dollar bill, the order form in different colors. I haven't had a lift letter in there. Put the sales letter together. Everything is done. FedEx it down there. I wait 30 days, nothing. I say, oh, man. I find out, I search around, and I'm able to get my hands on the phone number of a woman that knows Halbert. I call the lady. I said, listen, you don't know me from anything, you know. 
here's who I am, here's what I do, I'm really sorry to bother you, this is what I'm interested in doing. If you know, I certainly don't want to bother you. If he wants me to go pound sand, that's fine. I understand he's probably got people begging him for his time all day long. If not, I just want to know one way or another. Yep. Can you help me out? She says, why don't you do this? Why don't you mail me the package, and I'll get it to him. Fantastic. So I go out, put the 40-page letter together again, put the lift letter in there, the order form, the grabbers, the million-dollar bill, everything. FedEx it to her, and I send her a FedEx envelope so that she could unwrap it and then put it in the envelope to get to him his, at this secret address of his. 30 days, nothing happens. Meanwhile, I am keep doing my thing, studying, learning, work, and reading. Get a phone call one day, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and on my caller ID, it says Gary Halbert, and I'm like, oh my God, it's like being a guitar player, and Eric Clapton calls you up, and he wants, you know, what do you do? Yep. So I pick up the phone, and I played it real cool, you know, I said Craig Garber, Craig, hi, this is Gary Halbert. You know, talking to him, this and that. And we spoke for maybe 15 minutes, and he says, I got your letter, I appreciate it. He goes, I'll give you a call sometime, and I yes, I'd be happy to meet with you. So I hang up the phone, and thank God I had that caller ID. I had written his number down, and I said, you know, this guy's not going to call me because I know he's busy, and I, I just, you know, I need to follow up on this. So about 10 days later, I call him back, and I said, hey, do you remember talking to me? You told me you want me to give you a call this week after we talked to follow up with you. And he goes, oh, great. I'm really glad you called. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> he says, yeah, come on down to my house next week or whenever. So I come down. We spent about five hours together. We walked around South Beach down in Miami there, grabbed lunch. And he says, yeah, you know, I'll mentor you. And he basically kind of interviewed me, and he saw that I was a genuine guy. I was not looking to steal his clients. I wasn't looking to, you know, no ulterior motor. I just wanted to make this shift and learn from the guy. Yep. And uh, he was willing to give me the shot and prove myself. So I worked directly with Gary for six months, got out of my financial planning business. Gary then started taking me to his seminars and promoting me and launched my career, basically. So that's how I got into this business. Persistence, hard work, couple of breaks that I got that I made for myself that came through and I kind of think I'm a believer in fate that things happen the way they're meant to be based upon my skill set this sounds cocky it's not meant to be it's kind of like you know how did Michelangelo get into painting why didn't he play bocce I think you wind up being attracted to what you're best at ultimately and you make your own destiny but that destiny was supposed to happen anyway <laughs> if that makes any sense craig that is a brilliant story i mean that's a true story of persistence and determination and tenacity and stick with it i mean that's just awesome but i'm going to move you on because i want to really pick your brains now what's your definition of marketing okay best definition of marketing that i've seen is something Dan Kennedy says, and he says it's matching the right message with the right marketplace and delivering that message using the right media. And I will take it one step further to say good direct response marketing, in my eyes, is attracting pre-qualified prospects to you by using the right offer. All right, So it's putting the right message to the right people using the right media and then attracting them to you using the right offer. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense because there can be a lot of money wasted if you get that wrong, can't it? Correct. So thinking about mistakes and the things that people get wrong, what do you see as the biggest marketing mistakes that so many businesses make these days? Biggest, biggest marketing mistake that I see, and I see it very consistently, is people 
are not using two-step lead generation. They're trying to get a direct sell, and they're doing it very poorly. You know, their adverts, their display ads, their sales letters, they're more like a big business card rather than a proper offer to a compelling reason to act now, no guarantee, no USP, those kinds of things. And all that is tied together, and they're all critical mistakes. And what do you mean by a two-step approach, For just in case somebody's not sure what you meant by that? Oh, sure. A two-step approach meaning lead generation. So you have, let's say, instead of trying to sell someone on the first go-round straight from your ad or your display ad, your sales letter, you use a free report or a free special report, a free guidebook, a free study guide. So a free report reveals everything you want to know about how to get into the publishing business. And see, what that does is every other knucklehead out there just wants your money, but you don't want money. You're trying to say, hey, I'd like to educate you and help you and tell you all the pitfalls you need to look for all the reasons why you need to jump on good things and leave the bad behind, and let me explain how all these things work. And here's what most of my competition is not going to tell you. Now, of course, this free report is simply a long-form sales letter in disguise, but you genuinely do give good information in there. And then what that does, it endears the prospect to you because you've taken the time out to give them this information. You're not pushing them anything, and you understand the way to do business is to attract people to you instead of pouncing on people, chasing them down, and making everyone miserable. What happens if you're on a small budget? What are some of the better low-cost strategies for marketing? Because the one you mentioned, I mean, it could be low-cost, but you could also end up spending a great deal of money doing it, couldn't you? Yeah, you can. It depends upon what your methods are. You know, I'd say if you're on a small budget, let's break that down into two separate areas. First is if you're on a small budget and you have a list of active buyers. If you have a list of active buyers, you can use a postcard, a small direct mail sales that are maybe driving them to a website, an email, and you want to sell someone a similar product or an upgrade product or an accessory to what they've already purchased from you. And you don't need to be very sophisticated to do that. If you've got a list of active people, they've already shown they like you. If you've done a good job for them, keep that flow going. If you don't have an active list of people and you're going cold at this, Again, you can still use a direct mail piece or a postcard. Direct mail is not very expensive, especially when you consider that versus running display advertising, and it's also a lot quicker. Postcards, emails, or again, you can use lead generation, but you just send them over to a website. Instead of sending them a follow-up free report that may have 35 or 40 pages in it or 15 or 20 pages in it, you send them right to the website. As long as you're tracking things, of course, you want to make sure you're doing that. Now, now one thing I do want to tell you, a lot of people advocate using newspaper flyers, which I think are really bad because I've seen them in the past. I've used them. Unless you have a way of making sure that flyer goes in a certain place in the paper, what usually winds up happening, at least over here in the States, is it gets buried at the bottom, and it's just not very effective. You're better off using, like, door hangers than newspaper flyers because at least you know that people are getting your message. So once you get that new customer, what's the best way to get them to make additional purchases from you, like back-end sales, I think we would call it, and to get them to refer people to you as well? Okay, another good question. Let's talk about back-end sales. The first thing you need to do is they need to be thinking about you whenever they want to buy stuff, okay? So how do you get them thinking about you? Well, one is you stay on what's called top of consciousness. And how do you do that? You stay in touch with them. You send them out either regular emails. You have your weekly emails. And, you know, is someone going to not think of you when they want your service? Of course not, because you're in their face all the time. I send a daily email giving them constant information. You can send an offline publication. It can be something as silly as a one-page front-and-back newsletter. Let's say you're in the plumbing business or financial planning business or landscaping business. You send the greenery tip of the month. 
and you tell people how to maintain their landscaping, what things need to look out for. It's June. Oh, watch out for chinch bugs. Here's how to and make sure you get rid of the chinch bugs. And here's my special offer this month. If you need help getting rid of chinch bugs, I have a special two-for-one or whatever your offer is. So the other thing is you've got to stay on top of consciousness, which is constantly being in contact with them. But the second thing is you've got to make them offers. A lot of people say, well, they're not buying from me. Well, what are you asking to sell them? You know, they're not going to just say, hey, let me, you know, they're going to respond to something. Make them a constant offer. Give them a reason to call you. Give them a reason to give you money. And also, the information you're sending has to be entertaining. You cannot send out, like you're an accountant, and you can't send out, you know, snippets of the IRS tax code. Or if you're in the U.K., you know, you can't send out postage codes from the Royal Mail explaining all the technicalities involved because all you're going to do is put people to sleep and they're going to immediately throw out your postcard in the mail whenever they receive it. You know, you've got to be entertaining. You know, three ways to uh, keep the postman smiling ear to ear so that you make sure you get all your mail. You know, that's something that people are interested in, what people want to hear, what people want to see. Keep them happy. Keep them entertained. I'm certainly always entertained each day by your easy. And so <laughs> tell me, let's just put this in now. Where will people get hold of that so they can get it on a daily basis, Craig? You can subscribe to my easy at kingofcopy.com, K-I-N-G-O-F-C-O-P-Y.com.